Hello, welcome to Openly Spoken. My name is Celia. On today's episode, we are illuminating love by sitting down and chatting with Pauline Busson. Pauline is a love coach who helps single, independent women date from a place of self-worth, self-trust, and self-responsibility to create secure and fulfilling relationships. And in this episode, we are illuminating love by talking about attachment styles, healing your relationship patterns, finding your soulmate and everything in between. And here is a little sneak peek of what this conversation has in store. You don't want them to color, you know, your actions because they do, whether you know it or not. Mm. Uh, 95% of unconscious is driving your, your, your behavior. So when yeah. there is those stories of like, I'm not enough, I don't deserve, or love is dangerous, is going to influence who you attract as partner and how you show up in a relationship, how you run away from intimacy, how you cling and you chase, all of this. So yes, to attract and to be comfortable with a secure relationship, start with the relationship with yourself. Welcome to Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, speak out, and be seen. My name is Celia Antonio. I am your host, and I am also your guide to dropping you into your body for unwavering confidence, authentic self-expression, and effortless creativity. And this podcast is a mix of solo and guest conversations all about self-love, relationships, sexuality, spirituality, womanhood, divine feminine energy, and more. My wish for these conversations is that they help you step into loving and accepting all parts of you, that these conversations help you in building a life that you're absolutely in love with, and that these conversations help you express your deepest truth. You can always connect with me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, where I would love to hear your thoughts on your favorite episodes and keep these conversations going. I invite you to get cozy as you receive this episode that's about to come through, that you stay curious, that you ask questions, that you take what resonates, and that you, of course, leave out what doesn't. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome, Pauline, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> Thank you, Celia. I'm also super happy and excited to be here with you. Yeah. So let's start with, I'll give you space to introduce yourself to everyone that's listening or maybe watching on YouTube. Who who are you? What do you do? And like, yeah, tell me everything. Tell us okay. everything. <laughs> everything. Okay. So I will start with the professional parts. Um, I'm a love coach and I help single independent women create loving and secure relationship. And I do this with mostly rewiring, healing, you know, addressing what is getting in the way that mostly come from the subconscious, from the past and um, showing them where they actually have influence and what they can do to, to shift, you know, to shift the needle and, and create the conditions to have this relationship that they want. Mm -hmm. So this is what I do. And I do this um, with one-on-one -on -one coaching and also with group program coaching. 
And beside that, a little bit about me personally. So I'm French, maybe you can tell by the accent. <laughs> um, I live currently in Brazil because my partner is Brazilian. So we've been living here for, uh, what, three years now? Yeah, since the pandemic. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. So I live here with him and our two dogs. And before that, I've had quite of a um, different career as I worked for almost 15 years as a humanitarian aid worker. So mm -hmm. all around the world, uh, mostly in emergency uh, settings, managing operation, etc. So yes, and I had a transition through yoga, meditation, to love coaching. So voila, yeah, for a start. It's cool how yoga for a lot of people has been that transitional moment where you were doing something or you were on some sort of path in life and then you go to yoga and you have this like crazy awakening and life is not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, at the time, I started yoga because I needed it because of the stress and responsibility that I had on missions, like to to stay sane, you know, and to relax a little bit. Yeah. I needed to, to do this. And then it becomes such a powerful tool that I was like, I want to go deeper. So I started mm -hmm. going on retreats. And then at some, at some point I was like, I want to become a teacher mostly for myself. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I need to share those wonderful tools that help you find inner peace and being more connected with yourself. And from there, this was like, mm -hmm deeper and deep going deeper into that path of consciousness and self-connection and I'm sure all of that like has helped you personally in the realm of relationships and maybe even like some of those teachings you've brought in with what you do now because it's oh, so absolutely. important that interconnection yeah. yeah absolutely for me yeah before talking about before having any idea even that love coaching existed it was mm -hmm. the first uh, opportunity to connect with myself and, and know myself at a different level that my role, because I was very identifying with who I was as a manager, working mm. for so-and-so organization, being a doer and achiever. So it was a way to, to find inner peace, to, to calm, to, to reach a different state of yeah, consciousness and, and being that's, that is useful, of course, now for guiding my, my clients also into that path because it's when you are in that space that you can make different choices when you are not only re reacting, you can mm -hmm. pause, you can soothe, you can heal mm -hmm. also. That's, that's the first step is always awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Awareness yeah. of what is so such a powerful first step. Yeah. So how, how do you like with your clients play with that kind of balance of like, we're doing these things to have the relationship like the yang side of it but then there's also the yin of like you have to surrender because the man that you're attracted to I don't know might not be interested at all you know but you're doing all yeah. these things to like get the man or or get the woman yeah. or get the person <laughs> yeah well so there is a both I, I and I love talking about polarity about the two angles you know of yin and yang or masculine and feminine so I'm not so much like a dating coach, like I, I push them or to do so and so, but of course I encourage them to do whatever is possible for them to create opportunities to meet a person, to meet some, you know, a special someone and to create a relationship. But first and foremost, the work that we do is connecting with themselves, mm. knowing their resources, finding their resources 
And if we go back towards yoga philosophy, I don't know if everybody's familiar with it, but the main, one of the main scriptures is, is the Bhagavad Gita that is basically you're committed, you, you have a goal and it's clear. And this I think is important when we talk about searching for love is like not as a goal, like an achiever, but claiming it. Mm. Um, owning your longing because for most of us and I, I work mostly with women so and I think it's the same for men there is a vulnerability there is a certain shame for some people to say I want to be loved and I want to mm. love to talk about love it feels yeah. icky for some people right so yeah. if we talk about the yang or our goal is like claiming it and say it's important it's an important need for a human and I want it and I and I value my desire and so because I value my desire to be in a relationship I'm going to take and I know that it's not going to fall onto my lap there's mm -hmm. something that I could do I'm going to take actions I'm going to put myself out there I'm going to try to meet people I'm going to give a chance I'm going to open up so these are all the things this anyone who wants to be in a relationship can do but of course this has to be balanced with finding peace with what is mm. finding peace and acceptance with you know being single in the moment enjoying being single because it's also a, a beautiful journey you know so yeah being like yes I want this I claim this and I'm and I'm gonna get it I believe in it building this belief but in the same time not losing yourself in the quest not losing your life your balance your health your friends your career no no you keep your balance you're safely grounded in yourself, in your body, in your life. And from there, it's like a cherry on the cake. It's not, um, it's not somebody to complete you, to make you whole. Like mm -hmm. this is where the balance is achieved, is knowing that you are already whole. You have everything. And then if you want more, if you want a relationship, go for it and you can get it. Yeah. So, yeah. How common do you think that is where people are, instead of living a whole life and enjoying themselves and being okay with themselves, that they're looking for someone else and then like, because I've seen this a lot, people live to like, their decisions are made based on getting a partner. Mm -hmm. So yes, maybe they'll, you know, eat well or, or go to the gym and stuff, but it's to look hot for a partner mm -hmm. and, and like their whole identity is around finding that person. Yeah. How, how common would you think that that is based on your experience? I would say it's quite common, but um, if it's not a partner, it can be something else. For example, I was talking about my previous career that was very fulfilling and very consuming. You know, you being a humanitarian worker, there's nothing else that matters. So it's finding fulfillment and finding wholeness and finding joy outside of yourself. Okay. So whether it's like for a partner and, and, and or it could be in career, or it can be in other things, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yes, and, and looking to... But I think it's it's common for most of us, even if it's not if it's not even if it's not um, appearing like this. If it's not like like you say, you know, like I go to the gym or I dress up just to find a guy. I think it can be also very subtle mm -hmm. that um, we are counting on somebody else to make us feel lovable and complete, like yeah. the word lovable and to yeah 
to validate us. This, I see this a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is explained that we would pick partner that has a certain status or physical appearance or are, yeah, meet some part of us that are not necessarily the, the, most, the most healthiest part, I would say, that are mm-hmm. here to, to try to heal a wound that yeah. we can heal first and foremost by ourselves. And then we can mm-hmm. continue healing it in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an important piece too, that like there's, there's healing work that you do on your own. And then when you're in a relationship that's aligned, there's so, oh, there's so much that can happen in there because you have that safety of like, here's this person who fully and completely unconditionally accepts you. And like, you've told them secrets that you maybe didn't tell your ex and they're like, oh, okay. Like, that's fine. (laughs) I'm, and I'm just speaking from like my personal experience and like some of yeah. some of the things that my friends have shared with me. And um, yeah, there's a lot of healing that happens in a space like that. Yeah, and, and that's that's interesting because there's a lot of books on relationship and that there is like two schools, two mm-hmm. stands, and some are like, no, first you have to do the healing for yourself before being in a relationship. And others are like, no, you, o- you can only heal in a relationship because the first wounds regarding attachment with your parents happen in a relationship. Mm-hmm. My point of view is that is the, the, both are true and that if you're single, start healing you know, right now, start the work right now. And if you're in a yeah. relationship, you can all, you you will use both of it and I love that. I think as start wherever you are. Start yeah. wherever you are, you know, and and then to go back to this uh, stage of first stage that is for me awareness of what is coming up, awareness of your triggers, awareness of your fears. This will give you a hint of, you know, the all invisible construction that is underneath the patterns and the fears. Like what is really happening? What is really the story you're telling yourself? What is the, really the wound that is there? And the work of healing those wounds and rewiring um, yourself to feel secure in relationship, to allow yourself to go towards secure partners and build secure relationship can be done in and outside relationship. Mm. And I've seen this in my own journey because, of course, I've done a lot of healing uh, before being in my relationship. As you know, we, we studied the same course, so you know that in this course, yeah. we, we do a lot of inner healing, right? But <laughs> I continue to work with my partner, and, and he also has wounded part and trigger. And because we have this, let's say, safe container, we know, we, we know what's happening, we are able, and we feel safe enough to communicate, mm-hmm. uh, we are able to, to help each other out. Mm-hmm. And and I also see this with clients who have entered relationship thanks to the work we've done together, and who are stepping outside of their comfort zone to say to be able to say like right now I feel super scared I feel super vulnerable, and yeah. and when the partner responds is like I'm here you know I'm not going anywhere like this is a huge part of the healing. Yeah, um, yeah. You can be messy and afraid mm-hmm. and you know and anxious and I'm not going anywhere I'm staying here and they're like. Mm-hmm. And the first time you experience that, you're like, wait, what? Relationships yeah, like exactly. this exist? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's beautiful. Without being without being boring, because I've had yeah. the case of, yeah. of, of, of clients who had this experience. And I may have had this belief at some point that there was two types of relationship. The, let's say, secure one with the good guy, but boring that you mm-hmm. don't really want to stay. And the hot attraction and that like, 
no, you can have those two in one. Like yeah. you can have attraction and chemistry, but you can also have comfort and safety. Like, of course, it's something that a fine line that you always, you know, work with to, to keep the mystery, to keep the desire. That's another question. But, <laughs> but, but it's possible. Those partnerships exist. And, and yes, and they need to be, a, a, let's say, yes, um, building some security inside of you to be able to go towards these partnerships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned um, earlier you talked about how with a lot of people, like a common thing that you see is there's this kind of like shame or ickiness that comes up with admitting that people want someone to love. Can you speak, can you speak more to that and kind of like, of course. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say this was uh, definitely my case. I was like, clearly I want a partner, but to say, to use the word love, you know, to say, I want Mm. to be loved, like it's important you know, it feels vulnerable. <laughs> it feels vulnerable. You know, this is why if I go back to the idea of setting a goal and being committed to your goal, for many women that I work with, they are independent, they are high achieving, you know. So of course, in their life, they set goals at work, I want to get this job, I want to get this promotion, maybe to lose weight, maybe to learn a new skill. They are used to do this because like, they set their mind on something and then they, they take the action. But suddenly, when we talk about relationship, then, okay, this is chaotic, confusion, (laughs) scariness. It's like, oh, oh, no, this this is completely, it feels completely out of control. And it feels very vulnerable. It feels very scary. For most of them, they wouldn't speak in those words. It's when we start talking that, yes, those fears come up. Mm. But those fears are are shown, you you can tell they're there. When you see people who they attract or, uh, or that they would not dare writing on their dating profile that they want something serious. You know, this is something I check with all of them. It's like, did you write you want something serious? If you do, of course. Yeah. Because it's not natural. It's like, it feels, yeah, it feels I'm being, I'm going to be seen, exposed. Mm-hmm. What if, what if somebody has an opinion about that? What if somebody, yeah, I mm-hmm. see this a lot. A lot. Yeah. So reclaiming and saying, no, I own my desire is important for me. I'm okay with this. This is a huge part of also building this trust already for yourself. Saying it's, yeah. It matters to me. Mm-hmm. It's important to know too, that there are so many d- different types of people out there who all want different things. So there's always going to be someone that aligns with like what you're looking for. Exactly. Like, for example, um, there's a lot of I guess, talk out there where it's like, oh, don't say that you want a committed relationship. You'll scare men away. And it's yes. like, you will scare men away, but just the ones that don't want that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And this, yeah, this is a conversation I have often is what would you gain in writing this down in saying it out loud? You know, what yeah. would you gain? Well, you will, you will gain time. You'll stop yeah. wasting time. Yeah, you'll, you'll stop time. wasting your time. Yeah, exactly. You're wasting your time. And, and you don't have to be full transparent and say everything that you want on the first date, but you can mm-hmm. hint, you know, you, you can save yourself some, some, yeah, some use, some useless dates by just saying for first and foremost, what you want for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. But for this, you need to be okay. We need to, you need to be at peace with that yourself. You need to own yeah. It. Yeah. Which leads me to kind of something that I wanted to talk about is like dating yourself or having like a relationship with yourself. 
Yes. I feel like um, the program that you were in that I'm currently in, like, I feel like that's what it's cultivating. Mm. It's cultivating like a relationship with you where you are your own lover. You, you are your own best friend. You're getting your love, safety and belonging from within yourself. Yes. Just so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it's so important for me. That's, that's remained that there's the centerpiece of um, going and creating another relationship with someone else, because what happened is that it's not even most of us, it's all of us. We came with what I call a blueprint of love, like some mm. understanding of what love is, is how, how much love can be safe or not. It's coming from our childhood. And no matter what kind of childhood we had, you know, from the most loving to the most traumatic, we all have imprints that are not usually, that can be not supportive. We can have some fears um, about you know intimacy about opening up about being abandoned rejected we can have mm. some belief that deep down we're not worthy we're not enough we're not lovable so all of us like 100 percent of the women i work with and a few men i work with as well we have this in the background so this needs to be addressed we you want you want to you don't want them to color you know your actions because they do whether you know it or not Ninety-five uh, percent of unconscious is driving your 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 behavior. So when yeah. there is those stories of like I'm not enough, I don't deserve, or love is dangerous, is gonna influence who you attract as partner and how you show up in a relationship, how you run away from intimacy, how you cling and you chase, all of this. So yes, to attract and to be comfortable with a secure relationship, start with the relationship with yourself because. To come back to what you have control over, you do have control about that. Mm -hmm. This is like a huge um, journey, no, huge, I mean, like wonderful, wonderful journey to get to know yourself, get to know your body. You know, you talk about being your own lover. So yeah, there's yeah. Being your, your, your lover, your own lover, what you desire, what turns you on, like this is one part, but of course, treating yourself with love. Because mm -hmm. lots of people talk about self-love and I know you do, you do talk about self-love also, right? And yeah. I think it's so, so important. But for some people, they still feel like it's abstract. It's like, uh, you know, self-care, having a nice bubble bath, but it's so much more than that. Like yeah, it's the so way much you more. talk to yourself, the way you treat yourself, the way you catch yourself when you're falling, you know, when mm -hmm. you're meeting facing uh, setbacks and obstacle which will happen you know in mm -hmm. love in life anytime like how you take care of yourself in those moments how mm -hmm. you choose to look at your past your body your intelligence like whatever you can look at all these pieces and for all of this we can we can be more loving with ourselves Mm -hmm. And from this place of, I know myself, I feel connected with who I am. I know, I know myself and I love myself and I know I will be there. I will have my own back no matter what. This is what for me builds trust. And yeah. from that place of trust, then if you have what they can say, trust issues, then you can open up more easily because you have this anchor. You have this solidity in yourself that makes it like, Whatever happened, you know, if somebody ghosts me, if I get heartbroken, I will mm -hmm. be there for myself. I will mm -hmm. be able to go through the turmoil and pick myself up the ground. I know how to do this. I've done mm -hmm. it. And this is what makes it like, yeah, this is what for me is essential in the journey. It's working on that self-connection, self-love, to heal the worthiness wounds that may be there, to heal mm -hmm. 
mistrust or the, the fear of, of trusting that may be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things that scare people away from, from that, like cultivating that self-trust and that self-love and stuff <laughs> is because when you take that time to really look at yourself, every human has like shadow and dark mm-hmm. and, um, like you said, looking at these things of how we run away from relationships or, you know, maybe like how we've self-sabotaged or like even our relationship history, like when we actually sit and be honest and look at it, it can bring up a lot of like shame or maybe Mm -hmm. self-judgment. Yes. So if there's anyone listening who's, who maybe is stopped with self-love because I it just really breaks my heart that people come to that point and it's like oh like I'm just a bad person like I just can't Mm. love myself like it just breaks my heart because I think with self-love if you have that you can do anything anything but without it like you're whatever it is from your past you're just carrying it over your shoulder for your whole life and it's just not necessary and and it just it just really breaks my heart so um yeah can you speak to that <laughs> yeah and and i get you because i'm in the same situation i i have women who come to me and who are clearly like i i would love to be my best friend i i hear those things about being your own best friend but i I cannot comprehend what it means because mm. I'm judging myself constantly. I live with a very strong inner critic. I've had clients like this. And uh, I would start with like, yeah, start wherever you are. It's yeah. okay. Like there, there's work you can do on your own, but then there's work you can do, you know, with being accompanied by, you know, therapists or coaches on that specific um, aspect. And that's about unpacking, unpacking, allowing yourself to go in, in the, you know, in the, in the shadow, in the darkness, but it doesn't have to be all dark and scary. You know, you can go <laughs> step by step and unpacking those different things. And for me, it goes down always to, comes down to uh, stories, mental stories that you make about yourself, mm, you know, yeah. whole narrative about, I did this, this means I'm a bad person, etc. So need to look at this and need to rewrite it and Mm -hmm. and then the other part is the emotion that are there you know so I would say it depends sometimes like when you talk about shame and I have this um I have women for example who haven't been in relationship for a long time for different reasons and they have a strong shame about that I cannot talk about it. I'm like, no, it's okay. There were some reasons, you know, some reason you chose, some reason that were conscious, uh, for example, focusing on the career, some other mm-hmm. reason, which is like, as we all have like a baggage of a history of like conditioning or wounds that we inherited from, yeah. you know, our childhood or past relationship, or even before we know, we don't know mm-hmm. about collective trauma. Um, but um but there's nothing that we cannot do. We can, we can, this is healable. I don't know if it's a word in English, but, uh, <laughs> you know, shame and, and uh, talking to yourself harshly. You can change that. Absolutely. I, this, yeah. if there is one message I want to say is like, I've seen it. I've seen people completely change their relationship with themselves in six months. Or it started like the results were before six months, but in six months, like, wow. Like mm-hmm. I, people who had a hard time Maybe going back to when, you know, when you were saying about people who, um, 
who search for validation or completion with a partner, mm-hmm. or I, I was talking about, I see more people with their career who project, who put all their energy in their career, fulfillment in their career. Yeah. And often those people are people who are not able to sit with themselves. It doesn't mean necessarily meditating, but people who have a hard time spending a weekend on their own. Yeah. It's because there's this voice in the head that mm. is like so critical and there's this pleasant sensation in the body that we need you to be doing something. We need to get busy. We need to achieve. We need to produce. Yeah. We need to bring the focus outside. So it's a rewiring to be like, okay, what is inside? Like unpacking the boxes. Who is that person? Because yes, we're going to find the shame. We're going to find the stories, but we're also going to find beautiful things. We're going to find joy. We're going to find uh, power. We're going to find life lessons, uh, beautiful relationship that they have. And, and this is the work that's, that we do. You know, if we go into the shadow, but what's underneath the shadow, a lot of energy, a lot of positive things. So yeah. that's, that's make the journey rewarding. It's like <laughs> you don't go <laughs> to the shadow just for unpacking your shame stories or grief story, but because it's going to free so much freedom, so freedom, so much energy. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to make your life much more joyful and peaceful. Mm-hmm. Really. How much of how much of the like, I guess, relationship success, would you point back to like, working on your relationship with your parents? Because I feel like that is a juicy one. That's a good question. hundred um, percent, not not hundred percent, but but a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. From there, from your parents, your caretaker, what you learn from there. Um, yeah, not only I think it's important to talk about this one, but I think it's important to add the past relationship you've had because they can also, you know, mess yeah. you up in a way. Oh, they can change mm-hmm. your your attachment system. Mm-hmm. but yes mostly it comes from from childhood and relationship with the parents that's so interesting I've never heard that before that like y- you have some you learn you have some learned attachment system with your parents but then like as you go on to dating that can change your attachment system yes. that's fascinating Absolutely. yeah I'm today years old first hearing that <laughs> yeah 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 it can change um if you are let's say um let's say secure a little bit uh, um, uh, anxious and you start a relationship with someone who is very avoidant, it can make you more anxious. Okay. Being with somebody secure can make you more secure. Mm-hmm. So there's two ways to change your, well, two ways, intentionally, not intentionally, but yes, your relationship can change your attachment style and the work you do on yourself. Mm-hmm. So your relationship can affect you positively and negatively and the work you do on yourself, well, I hope mostly positively. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah (laughs) but yes you can absolutely change it absolutely that's cool that makes sense because we were talking earlier about how there's like healing work you can do on your own and then within a relationship there's healing work too so it makes sense that it would um change that and when you were talking about separating fact from story that was when the question came up in my mind of like the parent changing the parent relationship because something that I found very helpful in my own like healing journey not not necessarily the relationship but I would say yeah because inner healing affects that is um like going back as far back as you can and remembering a story with like a mom or a dad and for example I'll just use like a random example if your mom couldn't come to your soccer game 
right? And when you're when you're six years old, you make that mean like, oh, she doesn't love me, and it like ends up being this big yeah. thing. But then as an adult, oh my cat, yes, <laughs> yes. As an adult, when you could go back on that, you can like separate what you felt while still honoring it, but also like see what actually happened. Like she wasn't there because she was maybe working so that I can afford to go to soccer. So she does love me. Yeah. It's like very interesting how we can. Yeah. And and this can be done through the stories, but also through the body, because Mm. uh, those imprints of not being loved not love being lovable or that love is dangerous that there's a threat there and it's important what you're saying because this can come from real lack i would say or perceived lack the the important is what you perceive because when we are you know the first part of the nervous system development is really before 18 months and then it continues until you're seven year old i mean into the all the inner child work like your most most of your conditioning comes before seven year old you're not rational. And we, I don't know who says that, that kids are kind of narcissistic. They think the world, you know, turn around them. So if something happened, oh, it's because of me. If you see your parent, Mm -hmm. your mom crying, because maybe the relationship with the dad is not, is not going well, you may think it's because of me. Mm -hmm. So you, you start creating some narrative and then some emotions in your body of like, there's something that starts being built in your nervous system, in your brain. And, um, so yes, we can go back, uh, we can go back and like, yeah, I, I could perceive that uh, my mom was sad and was not about me, could be like this, but I, I call this the invisible constru- construction because it's, in my work, it usually takes some time that we actually touch this. And I take the mm. time, we take the time, we don't do this in yeah. the first session. We start with like, what is the pattern? How is things showing up? Who you're picking as partner? How you're showing up? In relationship and from there we're like mm, okay this seems like fears around intimacy where can it come from yeah and ideally we want to know it, we don't have to know exactly the details but we want to have a sense of where it's coming from so questions that are interesting to ask is like what did you learn about love from your parent from your mom your dad from their relationship together um you know separately and um and yeah but I, I'm, if I think of my of my clients, current and past, a lot, a lot, a lot come from the relationship with your parents, you know, of allowing yourself to be seen, um, mm-hmm. knowing that love, that you can love, um, that love is safe, you know, people yeah. who had like abusive parents or parents with mental health um, issues mm-hmm. um, or, or who had to play a role in the relationship, who had to be like the intermediates. Uh, in, in the fight between the parents so there's so many mm-hmm. configuration that yes I, at the end it's mostly those two wounds that are like either okay no love is like not not cool I don't want to get close to that it's like terrifying or there's something wrong with me one mm-hmm. of those two are usually the mm-hmm. the main wounds I would say. yeah is there like maybe a um go-to practice or something that you want to offer in this podcast for somebody to do Mm. to kind of start this journey Hmm. yeah let me think (laughs) let me think well maybe I can suggest two because I I love to talk about the body and the mind the mind and the body and to have really those two these two approaches so 
if I think of the minds, I would start with the question that I was mentioning, you know, I would start with being, in, by inquiring, by being curious about what is going on in my love life? What are the patterns? What I'm seeing emerging? What's I call the tip of the iceberg? Like, am I drawn to a certain type of, of person? Um, am I experiencing the same negative emotions in relationship? Uh, do I react similarly oftentimes? So tr starting to, to track like how is there any common denominator in your relationships and in your partners and in your behaviors in relationship, you know, mm -hmm. whatever uh, or outcome to start looking at this. And from this tip of the iceberg, um, maybe wondering like, where is that coming from by asking what did i learn about love as as you know as a kid from my parents from seeing them from what they share explicitly with what i learned from how they loved me or not mm -hmm. you know to to ask yourself these questions and now with the body the body i will start with them the simplest, you know, because I don't want to overwhelm anyone who is not into <laughs> yoga or nothing tantra complicated, but bringing awareness. The first one is really bringing awareness to your thoughts and to, to your construction, to your mental construction, but then practicing awareness of your body regularly. I mean, this is very general, but this is so important mm -hmm. to be connected to how you're feeling in your body moment to moment. And maybe noticing if you're dating and looking for love, like at some key moments. So um, if you're feeling anxious before a date, like notice how you're feeling anxious, how the anxiety is showing up, you know, and taking deep breath, relaxing. Um, if, you're, if you're going through a heartbreak or disappointment, notice how this shows up in your body. Just starting this simple practice, start to tell your body to it's kind of unwinding what is there. Mm -hmm. What is there anyway, and is making space for what is. And we yeah. talk about, you know, being your, your best friend, your own lover is already allowing yourself to feel uh, is already huge because most yeah. of us are running in autopilot, not connecting to our feeling body and not aware about all the signals that are being sent because we are afraid of those signals. We don't want to feel uncomfortable sensations. So start to be curious noticing mm -hmm. when you're feeling joyful when you're feeling grateful excited noticing how your body is, is showing you those those emotion and and then also when you're going through something maybe more difficult noticing how your body is is also showing you this anxiety or you know mm -hmm. so yes maybe very general but start paying attention to your body yeah. sensation moment to moment be intentional about that mm -hmm. yeah and I love how those two work together because you can feel maybe not wanting to go out to a club to find a date or whatever. Like you could feel that dread, but then mm -hmm. the mind is so powerful that the mind can start playing stories of like, but if I don't go, I'll be single forever and da 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 da. And I know a lot of people experience that and then they're doing things anyways like I've definitely mm. been there with friendship like I used mm. to do a lot of things that I didn't really want to do but I did it because I thought that was how you socialize <laughs> for example mm. going out and drinking I don't I don't enjoy that mm -hmm. um, but I used to do it a lot because I thought that that was the only way to make friends <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to see like what the mind then makes whatever you're being like, whatever story the mind creates of what you're being aware that your body is telling you. Yeah. And, and for me, that takes me maybe to another point that is, um, I love the expression, you know, living life on your own terms. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing for your love life. Like you don't have to go through dating apps. You don't have to, you get to choose, you know, you get to choose what you want to think about yourself. You get to choose what you want to think about love. So when I, we talk about healing and rewriting those past stories is taking power, taking agency, taking, you know, like deciding what you want to write. And so, yeah, it starts with the past stories and it passed with, it's, it continues with the current stories knowing that the brain likes to replay past stories uh, over and over again because it's uh, uh, wastes less energy this way. So yeah. yes, catching your thoughts is, is a whole other practice that is so important to say, okay, stop. No, I don't want this preconditioning like to keep running about yeah. how I'm supposed to behave, what a, how a woman is supposed to behave, how much space I can take, if I'm comfortable being seen, whatever. No, this is how I want to see myself. This is how what I want to do and creating your the condition for you to go after what you want and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would even say that like what the body is telling you is more true than what is going on here in the yes. thoughts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have a few questions that I like to ask towards the end. Yes. And um, the first one is what does self-love mean to you? Hmm. Self-love is um, the way you see yourself, is seeing yourself and treating yourself uh, with love. And that starts with acceptance. Mm -hmm. Then there's care, there's love, there is respect. There's commitments. Basically, all the elements that are in love, when you think of romantic love, applying that to you. Mm, Commit, respect, accept, take care of yourself. Know yourself also. (laughs) And then what makes you feel the most grounded? Hmm. Closing my eyes and and noticing how my body feels. Mm -hmm. And noticing, yeah. Yeah, just mindful practices can be my breathing, my breath can be my, right now I'm sitting like uh, cross-legged. So I feel like this base is like really grounding me. Yeah. So yes, connection. Sitting like that too. (laughs) I love like this. (laughs) So yeah, being being connected and and aware of how my body is is feeling. Mm -hmm. And then uh what is your favorite part about being a woman? (sighs) So many things. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite part. That's a good question. I don't I don't think I answered that. You could let it land for a moment. You <laughs> uh, can have incredible orgasms. I would say. I love that. I'm guess I'm guessing better than the men. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I, I never know, but I would say I think we we can have a variety of of pleasure and orgasm and yeah, I would say more more variety and expensiveness than men probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then for everyone who's listening, um, where can they find you online? And then if you are including any like links in the show notes to like a freebie or something like that, 
Um, yes. Feel free sure. to talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah. So people can find me on all the, all the regular platforms with my name, Pauline Busson. So I guess the link will be there, but so I'm on yeah. Instagram, I'm on Facebook, um, mostly those two, I would say. Um, and so I offer free discovery call for anyone uh, who is interested in working with me. So to get to know each other and know how it would look like and, and then decide. So this, this is there. And um I have, I have a meditation uh, journey to love to help you already working on those, on those conditioning, on those programs and, and changing that. So uh, yes, we can put the link or it's on my website and you can, you can have this. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then are there any, like, maybe like a closing message or closing words or anything else you want to add to our conversation before we close out today? Yes. Yes, maybe as we were talking at the beginning of the, um, of the conversation, um, that everything is possible. This is something that my clients sometimes tell me at the end of the program. That's, mm. um, and if you're struggling to find love, if, you're, if you are thinking it's not possible or it's complicated, I want to tell you that it doesn't have to be and that it's possible. It's possible we talked a lot about self-love, so it's possible to completely change your relationship with yourself and to become, you know, your best friend, your person, your you know, mm -hmm. soulmate. You can do that. And from that place, you can also attract, go after, you know, allow in um, mm -hmm. a healthy, secure, loving relationship. Like, yeah, my message is really, it's possible. And together with that, there's... Um, so much that you can that you have influence over so many so many things you can do mm -hmm. that are in your power that are you know possible for you to change and then allow the the universe to meet you halfway and to mm -hmm. then yeah make the magic happen but on your side there's already so much that you can do yeah i love that and all you need to start with that is having the desire the exactly desire to, to... going back to that mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Making space for the desire because life is like this. Like there's always going to be the pull of desire and the pull of fear. And you get to decide what you want to do with the fear and with the desire. So you, you can decide to mm. put more energy in the desire and, and the fear become its friend, understand it better. You know, you're not going to make it disappear by snapping your finger, but you can befriend it. That's another story, but um, <laughs> fuel the desire, go after it, claim it. Yes. Yeah, I love sure. that. I feel like that could be a whole other conversation too, the fear <laughs> and desire. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at selfexpressfabe and that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.